Hi everyone and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast brought to you by 99 Yards. I'm your host Brian and I'm joined by our draft team, Owen, MJ and Stu. How are we doing guys? Yeah, all good, all good. Happy to get into some Draft Talk finally. It's uh, starting to get into the good stuff now. Yeah, I'm very well Brian. A bit of a different podcast from usual. It's good to be on with uh, some other guys and have a chat about all things draft. Yep, really excited to be on the podcast. Uh, Looking forward to talking all things NFL draft for the next couple of months. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us for our first ever Draft Talk podcast. This pod is exclusively about the NFL draft. As we're recording, we're 77 days away from the draft. If you do your maths, that's 11 weeks away. And each of those weeks, we'll be bringing you analysis, interviews, reports, and of course, mock drafts, which is where we're starting today. Our first live mock draft. Part one, this episode, will cover the first half of the draft, and part two will be covered in the second part. Don't worry, they'll be released one after the other, so you won't have long to wait. So guys, you ready to talk some draft and make some picks? Let's go for it. Yeah, let's get going. Fantastic. Well, we've drawn names out of the hats, and Owen is first to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Owen, any surprises? Yeah, so I think I got the straightforward one, didn't I? Uh, this is easy. It's not. That's not hang about. It, it's Trevor Lawrence, the best player in this draft. Say what you want. It, you know, he's, he's the best, probably the best quarterback um, prospect since Andrew Luck. Easy for the Jack uh, for the Jaguars. Go get yourself your quarterback for your next decade. Easy. Like it, a fantastic player, going to be a great pick. The other problem with him is there's, there's not much else to say apart from that. So moving on swiftly, we've got MJ with the New York Jets pick at number two. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, with the second pick, New York Jets. Uh, going to select Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. I think there's a, you know, there is an argument that perhaps the Jets do stick with Sam Darnold because you haven't seen him yet with Adam Gase out of the building, um, and there's, there is the possibility you could stick with him. New head coach Robert Salas brought across uh, Mike Lafleur from the 49ers to be the offensive coordinator, but with a talent like Wilson there on the board, if it was the Jets picking at two. And that's probably another discussion for another day as to whether it will be the Jets picking it too or whether they might might trade out of there. There might be something with, with Sean Watson. Um, I think you just love Wilson. I think he benefits from being that sort of dynamic, uh, confident gunslinger. I keep you know reading things about throwing off platform and I think he's a really exciting talent for the Jets. Oh, I'm... Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I was just thinking that, is it just me or does it feel like that the Jets could be starting to build something? We may have been saying that for God knows how many years, but with all the draft capital they've had and, and got and you know, the talent they've acquired from previous drafts in Mackay Becton, Quinn and Williams, Ashton Davis, you know, they've all done really well. They've probably got something to build off now and it all will come down to whether they feel that Sam Darnold's the right pick or not. So I can see a scenario where they, where they try and keep him, um, you know, build around him in terms of you know, skill positions or, you know, Sewell's obviously there, probably the, the best offensive tackle, um, you know, in this draft. So, but you, you've got to decide if Donald is your guy or not. If not, go and get your franchise QB. If not, maybe trading down's an option and probably is going to be plenty of suitors there. But, you know, if Donald's not your, your long-term option, uh, go and get him. Yeah, I agree. You don't know which way the Jets are going to go. They could stick with Sam Donald, but, I mean... Three years in and he's not showing you much. So, yeah, it might be time to uh, roll the dice with another quarterback. But we shall see. Up third is Stu with Miami. 
Yeah, I get the luck of picking for my own team. Um, uh, the Miami, I suspect, might be looking to trade down in this scenario as they're not probably not in a quarterback-looking situation. So I think there's two ways that Miami could go, really, and um, looking at the, what their needs are. And the, the two options really look at the wide receivers and the offensive line. Um, so I'm going to go for um, Penny Sewell, the tackle from Oregon. Um, I think that he will improve the Miami Dolphins considerably and it will also upgrade them at three positions. I think that they could play him at left tackle, move Austin Jackson over to right tackle and move Robert Hunt inside to guard. And I think that improves them in three spots. Um, as you saw in the Super Bowl, if you don't have a good offensive line, you're really going to struggle. And I think that the other options um, that they have, they could pick up later on in the draft. Yeah, I totally agree. If, if two is your quarterback of the future, which all indications are that he is, there's two positions you're probably going to have to invest in heavily. One's the offensive line. Another one's probably a, a backup quarterback of some type. Um, you know, you're going to need a backup quarterback because of the injuries to Tua, but invest in your offensive line. Hopefully that won't happen. Um, offensive line is somewhere that you, you're going to have to throw a ton of draft picks out of it. You know, that's always paid off historically anyway. Um, you know, you can't risk Tua getting another serious injury. Um, and, you know, if he's going to be successful, then he's going to need time in the pocket to succeed. So the most important thing for Miami is for the next decade is, is going to be that offensive line. So, yeah, Sewell's the best player on the board at this point. Can I, can I just ask, do you think if, if they traded back a few, do you think they'd want to reunite Tua and uh, Devonta Smith from their, from their Alabama days? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the the other options that I had. Um, for the, for the purpose of this, we're not doing the trades. Um, if they were trading back and um, the top uh, offensive tackles were off the board and they traded down, maybe say with Carolina to to eight, I think the wide receiver comes into play maybe then. And because there is still quite a, a depth of offensive linemen available later on. Um, but if uh, if they, if they stay put, yeah, I think offensive lineman trumps wide receiver at three. Okay, next up is myself picking number four for the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm going to go, maybe throw a bit of a spanner in the works here, we've got Micah Parsons, a Penn State linebacker. Um, Falcons' defence have struggled. They gave up the fourth most yards. Um, he's just a great fit for them. He's a great fit for most teams, but you can get across the field, and they really need help on defence. So, yeah, I'm going Micah Parsons, Penn State. What do you think, guys? As the resident Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm absolutely over the moon with this pick. I'm absolutely sick to death of the quarterback talk to the Falcons. I mean, I get it. You know, if you're Atlanta, you've got to ask yourself when you're going to be in this position again. But um, Matt Ryan's 35. He's got a couple of years left. They've got to ask themselves, you know, are we in a win now position? Well, now, or, or are we looking to, to invest in the future? And you know, you're looking at that roster. If, if you can add some bits, then you know, in that conference as well, then I don't see any reason why they, they can't be competitive, especially getting into the playoffs. In terms of Parsons, he's the best defensive player in this draft. What he brings is rare. He's played defensive end in high school as well, you know, as well as playing linebacker in college. And, and it shows he's superb off the ball um, and unable to play off the edge. I love him. I love his play style. Yeah, I think again, harping back to the to the Super Bowl, um, you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do with two high quality um, middle linebackers in in David and um, Devin White. Um, I think that that's a, a really important 
uh, role now for teams. And yeah, I kind of disagree with the with the Falcons taking that. And I agree that probably quarterback is just maybe even a year year or two early for the Falcons. Yeah, I think maybe in the next year or two they have to think about um, Matt Ryan's successor. But whilst they've still got um, pieces around him, where they are in the opportunity, they could do much better. Um, let's build build the team rather than looking to the future just just now. Yeah, I, I think the comparisons with the Buccaneers um, linebackers are, are, are spot on. I think other teams will have watched the Super Bowl and watched what somebody like Devin White, who, who for me was the MVP. Um, you know, they watch what he done, and uh, yeah, you've you've got somebody. You know, a similar mould in Micah Parsons. There. Yeah, what I would say is Micah Parsons is probably the best linebacker to come out since Devin White. So um, that's totally right. Fantastic. Glad I got your uh, blessing there, Owen. It might have been a bit of trouble. Uh, but yeah, looping around Cincinnati, it's number five. It's you, Owen. Yeah, so Stu's kind of jumped ahead of me there, picking Sewell. But it, I mean, it's obvious what the, what the Bengals need, right? They, they need help on the offensive line. It has to be a lineman. The Bengals just couldn't protect the uh, last year's number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Um, probably one of the factors of, of why he's, you know, um, suffered that serious injury last year. If they are, well, what do they need? It's, you know, it's a, a it's offensive line. Um, he's going to need need time in the pocket if he's going to be successful. He needs to be kept up upright. So I am going to pick a lineman. It may be jumping ahead, but I'm going to pick Sean Slater from Northwestern. The offensive tackle could slot into guard. But at this very moment, he is a tackle. If it comes out that you know, his arm length isn't right to play tackling, he'll have to go inside. He may drop a bit, but for now, um, you know, it, it's got to be Slater. Uh, all Everything coming out of the NFL is that they're a lot higher on him than the media seem to be. Um, people like Daniel Jeremiah is hear, hearing from um, inside the league that he could even be above Sewell in some people's rankings, which I do feel of it is a bit rich. Um, but Slater is... He's, he's, He's a good, um, good tackle. Will be brilliant on the inside as well. So he gives you that flexibility. Um, so yeah, I, offensive line here. Yeah, I was I was almost tempted to pick him with my first pick for the Miami Dolphins, um, given the fact that he has um, all line versatility. And uh, watching him, particularly the game that I was really struck by watching was when he played against um, Chase Young. Uh, and he absolutely snuffed him out completely in the college game. And I was really impressed with how he played there. So he was somebody that I, I, I seriously considered at three, but I did go for the safe pick. But yeah, I think that the Bengals, um, that that just they, they need to protect Joe Burrow. Um, they've got someone who's now in there for hopefully for the next decade plus. And if they continue to let him get broken, uh, that could come crashing down quite quickly so anyone who can protect him I think is a, a good investment for them Absolutely they they got a warning in that first season didn't they where uh, Burrow was playing exceptionally well um, and and then the injury happens and it just shows you you've, you've got to keep this guy healthy if you keep this guy healthy the Bengals they're in a tough enough division as it is um, you, you've got to keep your star man healthy Yep, excellent pick. You've got to uh, got to protect your quarterback. Up next, pick number six. It's Philadelphia Eagles. It's UMJ. So I'm I'm conflicted here as a as a Giants fan picking for the Eagles. I d- I don't want to do them any favors. Um, <laughs> but but at, at pick number six, there's I mean there's a couple of ways that, that I could go here because they're in turmoil at the moment. You you've got all the stories about Carson Wentz um, looking like he's on the way out, um, which means you, you you're going to be behind Jalen Hurts. So your first pick could be something to try and support Jalen Hurts. But they've got cap problems. They've got issues all, all over the field, really. Um, 
So I, I'm going to go with with somebody who I think is the best cornerback in in the draft. I'm going to go with Patrick Sertain from Alabama. Um, I, I think he's a, he's an excellent cornerback. He's he's disciplined. His technique is, is excellent. Um, he's aggressive. He's he's comfortable in in man coverage. The only slight question mark on him is, is his speed over uh, over a sort of a longer distance. Um, but I I think he would be an excellent. He he would lock down a corner a corner of the field for them yeah I, I totally agree in, in my uh, recent mock up on the site I, I had Patrick Sizingo in here um, I think the only thing that might happen obviously if Wentz gets traded then could they be in the quarterback market um, you look back at that last game of the season where they effectively tanked it just to move from nine to six and you think what was the reasoning for that you don't move from nine to six to get a wide receiver or or a cornerback um, so maybe that's in play. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about um, wide receivers going here, but we know how deep the, the receiver class is this year. Uh, and they drafted Rager last year. Um, I think this time you, you've got to go and get the, the cornerback because they're going to lose a lot of players to, to free agency. So they need need that corner to go opposite Darius Slay. Um, so I agree, cornerback's the, the one here and then dip into this the second round to, to get you... Um, your receiver. Yeah, I wondered if they do decide to go for a quarterback, this might be the trade option I spoke about with Miami moving up from six to three. It would be a it would be a good fit if they do go up for a quarterback. Um it'd be a good fit for Miami. They're not having to drop down considerably. Um, and they may still get the player that they want at six, whichever direction they want to go. But if they're if they're not going to trade, yeah, I think the the, the position to address out of cornerback and wide receiver is corner because the wide receiver group is deeper later on. You you, you get a significant drop off in the corners after the first few. Um, so if, you, if, if, that's, if that's your need, go and get it. Okay, we pick number seven. We've got Detroit Lion. It's you, Stu. Yeah, um, this one uh, was Micah Parsons was my thought in this one because I thought he would be a really good fit for their defense as they're trying to change up what they do after the failed uh, Matt Patricia experiment. They need to get players in who are going to fit other systems. Um, however, I'm not entirely sure there's another defensive player at this depth that, I, that would go at the moment. So I'm definitely looking at offense and loading up for weapons for for now Jared Goff. I'm assuming he's going to be their quarterback. I don't think they'll take a quarterback this yet, this early. I think they might roll with Jared Goff for a little bit longer and see what they've got there and maybe think in the next year or two if he doesn't work out. So um, it came down to wide receivers and also Kyle Pitts was another thought, but they've recently drafted... TJ Hawkinson, so I don't think they're going to go wide, uh, tight end again in the in the top 10. So my pick would be the best wide receiver on the board, um, Jamar Chase from LSU. Makes sense, doesn't it? You know, when you look at the um, the receivers there losing to free agency as well, he may be the only only wide receiver on the roster the way they're going. Um, you know, tongue in cheek there, but he, he probably goes in there as going to be the, the best receiver on the roster instantly. Um, he's the best receiver in this class. Um, you know, there's going to be some debate there, but you know, you look at the 2019 tape. Just because he's opted out doesn't make him, uh, you know, drop below the others. So yeah, absolutely, I can see this pick working out. Yeah, they they have to back off now, now that they've got him in. It, it feels as though he's he's got a year, hasn't he? He's, he's got a year to make sure he doesn't turn into the next Josh Rosen um, and just dis- disappear into the distance. Um, and giving him some, giving him a weapon like Jamar Chase, that that's going to give him the the best opportunity to succeed in Detroit. What I would say is that the, the general manager in Detroit now, which um, I can't remember the name of, he drafted Goff from his time in, in LA. So 
that the, the ties are there, obviously, aren't they? And, and that's why they went and got him. So uh, you know, I mopped a, a, a quarterback here um, just a, a couple of, uh, about, what, about a week ago, um, just because looking ahead already to 2022, I'm not sure that the quarterbacks in that class are going to be as good as um, as the ones here. So if you feel like you're going to need a, a quarterback over the next couple of years, this may be the time to get it. So why not double down um, and get someone like uh, Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance um, just to double, up, double up your options if, if that's what you want us to do. Fantastic. On to me, pick number eight, the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to select... Uh, a quarterback, Justin Fields, um, depending on where you look, he's, he's getting mocks as high as two, maybe three, four. So it's a bit of a steal to fall down to him. Sorry, to fall down to them at eight. Uh, I think it's a real good situation for him as well. Uh, Matt Rule's done a great job sort of changing things around there. They have got big knees on defence. Um, but I think Teddy Bridgewater isn't the long-term plan there at QB. So Fields can sort of sit for a year, uh, learn. There's no rush to start him. Um, and it'll be a great place for him. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really good pick for the Panthers. Can, can you imagine if, if they get this right and you've got Justin Fields and Joe Brady's his offensive coordinator and you've got Christian McCaffrey there, They with the, the division that they're in and the, the Saints, um, you know, you've got Drew Brees' career has come to an end. Okay, Brady's still going for the moment, but it's a limited number of years that he's he's got available there. Um, same with Atlanta, you know, it's, it will be a transition from Ryan that um, Carolina could kind of jump the queue here and, and get Fields, get him in, as you say, sit, maybe sit him for a year. Maybe he ends up in a similar situation to what happened to the Chargers uh, this season, where, you know, uh, Fields is taken over by the end of that first season. That, that could be a really good fit. You know, what, what I would just maybe add to that is that we know that um, Carolina tried to trade Teddy Bridgewater as part of a package to go and get Matthew Stafford. So we know for a fact he's not going to be a long-term option. And, you know, you know yeah, he's okay at quarterback, but, you know, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. So go and get a guy who potentially could. Yep. And at nine, it's the Denver Broncos. Over to you, Owen. Yeah, so this one's kind of falling in my lap as well, just because you, you look at that that roster and I think, you know, they need they need a quarterback, don't they? So, you know, firstly, look at, looking at the needs, is Drew Locke, or has Drew Locke proven that he can get you? He hasn't proven he can get you into the playoffs and he certainly hasn't shown anything that could make you think he can go and get a championship. Um, you know, he's not going to win it all for you. So, you know, if one's available here, I think they certainly do do pick a quarterback, even if you sit him for a year, play lock for, for that one year, or even, as we were just saying, uh, with Fields, um, even if he plays just six games or so and then he comes in. Um, here, I'd be picking um, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Maybe, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence, has the biggest upside of all the, the quarterbacks in this class. Hasn't done much because he hasn't played, or he played in one exhibition game this season. Um, but if you look at the tape and he is he is quality. Um, so I, I certainly think that, uh, that Lance would be a great fit here and, and could really pay off. Yeah, and I think because they have Drew Locke there and they know what they can do, they have a little bit of time to bring Lance on as well. He's very inexperienced. He's, he's had his one full year of starting and then the, the one exhibition game. It ha- they have someone there who can placehold. He won't be expected to start immediately. So he has that opportunity to sit back, learn and then take over when the time is right. It may even be that they do, as as Miami did halfway through the season, whenever their bye week is, 
that's when we make the change. He's had enough time to, to learn. And there will be, hopefully be a bit of an off-season for him as well this year. Um, so I think that that is, is a great opportunity for him and a good landing spot. He's got good weapons. Um, they're in, in a, a good young core of weapons with Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, um, Cortland Sutton. So he's, 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 and he's, he's not going into a bad situation. Um, their offensive line isn't terrible either, as you see some of these quarterbacks are often dropped into. So I think that could be a good landing spot for Trey Lance. Yeah, I I actually liked Denver uh, going into last season. I thought that they had a good good chance of a wild card spot, and then obviously they had various uh, various injuries, and Drew Lock didn't live up to um, expectations, and and it could be a really good situation because it, it could be uh, it could be something that Lock needs to have somebody behind him where you know you're you're going to lose your spot unless you improve. Uh, and if, if he doesn't improve, then you you make the change and you go to Trey Lance, you know, through that first year or into into the second year. Yeah, I think the experiences from Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes means that you've kind of got to swing the bat when it comes to quarterbacks. You, you, you've got to you've got to get the home run. And Drew Locke hasn't shown anything to, to show that he's going to he's going to do that for you. You know, as a situational quarterback, OK, but he's not going to win your game single handedly. Up next is number 10. It's uh, it'd be nice for this, MJ. It's my Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, here I am picking again for another NFC East rival. Um, so I think that um, Dallas are one of those teams where uh, they're, they're gamblers in the draft. Um, they You get some teams, and it's been said about this year, that some teams might uh, play it more you know, middle of the fairway take a player who, who hasn't missed a lot of time and, and really play it safe. I, I don't think Jerry does that. I think Jerry, Jerry wants star potential. Um, and having watched, in preparation for this, having watched uh, Greg Russo, uh, edge from Miami, and watching some of his tape, uh, that's the sort of edge rusher that I think Dallas needs. They could be losing players uh, over, the, over the free agency period. Their defense was a mess at times. Some of that is, is, was probably scheme, and I think with a new defensive coordinator in place, I, I think give him a weapon like Greg Rousseau. Uh, having watched the tape, you're never out of his reach. You, you could be on the other side of the field, and you're never out of his reach. The number of times he managed to to get the quarterback, get the receiver, get the running back from what looked like miles away, um, I, I think he's explosive, and I think he would be. It would be a really good improvement for Dallas's defense. Yeah, I think Rousseau is exactly the type of player that, that Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator, was searching for in Atlanta for years uh, and couldn't quite hit on on one. I think with Rousseau, um, people may be forgetting what, what he has done. You're, you're going to see some edge rushers maybe uh, you know, mocked ahead of him, um, but you can't deny how good he was in 2019, 15 and a half sacks. Uh, in 13 games, uh, games he's big, he's long. Is, what is there not to love uh, in an edge rusher? He can he can do it all, and I can really see him having a long, successful career in the NFL. What do you think, Brian? You happy happy with that one, Brian? Yeah, that's not bad. When you were saying that, I thought you were going to go maybe I don't know some sort of receiver or even the tight. I mean, the title pits are tight, and it's that's probably going to go soon. He's uh, he's fantastic, but I think I think it's got to be defense just because it was so. Was so poor, as you mentioned, a lot of it I think was scheme, but still, there's a lot of talent there. And we're losing a few, um, probably going to lose a few players to uh, free agency. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you off with that one. I like that, MJ. Okay, up next, another NFC East team. It's the New York Giants. Off you go, Stu. 
I'll promise I'll try and be kind to this one for MJ. Um, yeah, so this season, season three of Daniel Jones, it really is make or break um, for him this year. And you've got to back him. You've got to put him in the best position he can to succeed. And I think that the New York Giants need playmakers. Um, and who I'm going to go for is Jalen Waddle um, as wide receiver. Uh, he excellent route runner, good with the ball in his hands, just a really polished player. Um, he has had a great season. He did break his leg uh, this year, but I don't. I think that derailed him a little bit, and he could have been just as equal in the running for the Heisman as his teammate. Um, I think that he is just a bit more what NFL teams might look for. Uh, there will be queries and size in Devontae Smith from from other people, no matter what what his tape and everything shows. So I think that the the next best receiver that, that's available uh, that they should go to New York is yeah Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Yeah, I think the part the, the picks spot on there. It has to be a receiver, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, Jalen Waddle be the first receiver off the board. It really wouldn't surprise me when you look at what the NFL is, is valuing in terms of receivers and you know, speed. And he's going to give you pure speed in, in a way that uh, like Henry Ruggs was um, last year. Not comparing the two of them because they are slightly different, but you're going to see the speed really, really show up. And the, the no combine may hinder him slightly because I think you would see those numbers on the combine and it'll go, hmm, I like that. So, um, yeah, I would. I also agree with Devonis Smith that we can see that he's already fallen. Um, I would say that he is the, the third best receiver and say so wouldn't be surprised if Waddle is the first one off the board earlier on. Yeah, like the pick. Um, I think in the, in the Daniel Jones debate, he he needs a year with uh, a fit Saquon. He needs a decent offensive coordinator calling plays for him. Uh, he needs more protection from from his O line, and he needs some weapons. And I do wonder if he got all of that, would similar to what's happened with Baker Mayfield at Cleveland, where you know he Baker's now behind a really solid O line. He's got weapons. He's got a great running game, and I, I think. I don't know what Daniel Jones's ceiling is, but he, he can definitely be better than than he was last year. Um, and giving him somebody like Waddle, that's that's a start. Yeah, we've certainly seen flashes of uh, Daniel Jones, but yeah, hopefully uh, another weapon will really help him. Up next, number twelve, it's myself. I've got the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm going to go with um, well, what some say is maybe the best corner in the draft. That's Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. It's a bit of a toss up. Um, between himself and Patrick Chatain in terms of who's the best. So I think it's a, it feels a big need for the 49ers. They're going to lose a couple of defensive backs probably in free agency. Um, and he should probably step in and be okay. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the 49ers would like that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good pick. I think that they'll potentially, they've got Richard Sherman, who's hitting free agency, and uh, Jason Verrett, who managed to stay healthy and have a good season. But is he going to be reliable for another good season again? Um Stacking up on cornerbacks is, is never a bad idea, and I think that he he's the the best one that's available now on our board. Yeah, I, I agree. Cornerback uh, is here. You look at the the needs, and for me, what stands out is cornerback. Um, um, maybe the interior on the line for the running game, um, which you're going to be able to get later on. Historically, in, in on day two, you can get the interior um, offensive line. So go and get a, a cornerback while there isn't many around. And at thirteen, we've got the LA Chargers. That's you, Owen. Yeah, so just another pick, really, where we've got offensive line problems. You've gone and got your your front future franchise quarterback um, in Justin Herbert last year. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year. 
Um, yes, they do need some weapons around them going forward, but a look at what's what's more important and and keeping them upright and, and letting them make plays is, is more important than, than giving them the weapons that you're going to be able to find later on. Uh, which one is going to be the, the difficulty here? Uh, and looking at value, I'm going to go for Christian Darisor out of Virginia Tech. Back-to-back Virginia Tech picks there with uh, with Farley as well. What Darisor brings you, uh, you know, in terms of tackle, is he's just he's going to be a beast in the in the run game, but he's also going to ha- help you in, in pass protection. You know, his size really stands out. Um, he's probably depending on uh, whether Slater slots in a, a tackle or guard. He's going to be two or three uh, in terms of prospects. So so go and get him here. Uh, and then you can get uh, weapons later on for for Herbert. Yeah, I, I think it's the same argument as it was for the Bengals and and Joe Burrow. You know, you you found your quarterback. Um, you've got to keep him upright. We've seen what Justin Herbert can do. Absolutely stellar first season. Um, so let's strengthen the O line and um, see what you know. See what else he can do next year. Cracking. Next, we've got the Minnesota Viking, Vikings, pick number fourteen. It's you, MJ. Thanks. Um, so we've got. Obviously, Mike Zimmer, uh, defensively-minded coach, uh, Minnesota Vikings team, where he said it was you know, possibly the worst defense he'd ever had um, over there. So I think they're going. That's the side of the ball they're going to go on, uh, and I think they're going to go edge rusher. And I've gone Quitty Pay uh, from Michigan. This is a big guy. He's big, relentless, strong guy, but he's also versatile. He, he can play on the edge. He can play with his hand in the dirt. And I think he's got a really high ceiling, really athletic guy, and he's instantly going to upgrade their pass rush. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I think pairing him, particularly when they'll have a, a fit Daniel Hunter on the other side as well, I think that's a good one-two combination um, for, for the defence. They obviously, they had a brief flirtation with uh, Yannick Ngakwe um, last year, and that didn't really work out for them. They kind of saw that they weren't in a position to compete and, and cut their losses and, and got back what they could for him. So they've obviously been looking for someone on that on that other side ever since um, Everson Griffin left. Um, so I think that that is a position of need. And this is probably a nice sweet spot for him landing somewhere just, just approaching the middle of the draft. And now over to you, Stu, with the New England Patriots at 15. This is a really awkward... This is kind of getting to the point of the first round where it's a really difficult place to draft and know which direction you want to go. Um, There has been increasing chatter about Alabama quarterback Mac Jones, um, the connection between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones' style of play, but I don't think I'm going to go in that direction. I think that they may try another year with a veteran quarterback um, to see see what they can get, like similar to they did this year. I think the player that they need playmakers, they need people to catch the ball. I mean, they're the top wide receiver is Jacoby Myers. Um, and you've seen over the years, the production they've had out of tight ends through Rob Gronkowski and um, also his name's a bit of mud, Aaron Hernandez as well. So I'm going to pick Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. I think that he would uh, flourish in a Josh McDaniels offense. Um, he, was had a real breakout year last year. He was he was a monster um, both catching. He's a quick. He he almost is a big receiver rather than a true tight end. I think they do have other blocking tight ends they can play that they've picked up as well. So as the receiving option from the tight end, I think he would fit in really nicely for the Patriots. Is, isn't this the rest of the league's 
nightmare that the Patriots actually draft somebody like almost like a Gronk 2.0 who who resurrects the 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 end of Belichick's Patriots career and and somehow maybe even with Cam only throwing to Kyle Pitts all year they they you know nine and seven wild card and get back into the playoffs I can see it happening yeah I think with Pitts there's probably no offense in the NFL that wouldn't benefit from having a player like Kyle Pitts on their roster I'd be very surprised if he, if he drops below this pick or doesn't even go go higher. Actually, um, you know, come come draft day, he he's a gem. He's he's a rare find. You very rarely see tight ends come out who have his skill set. They just don't come around every year. Uh, I probably couldn't tell you the last player who who declared who does what Pitts does. You look at the top tight ends in the league in terms of Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. You, know, you can even include Gronk in that if you want to. Um, they've all developed since coming out of college and, and Pitts is able to do everything that they do now already. Um, so I, I think that's, that's spot on for the Patriots. The second thing with the Patriots is you look back, back over their, you know, their, who they've drafted over the last five, six, seven years. It's been absolutely dreadful. They really need to get better in the draft. And if you're going to do it, go and get Kyle Pitts because he's going to start that off really well. Yep, it's great pick. I, I was kind of hoping he'd fall to me next, but he but he didn't. But um, yeah, that would be just because you there. <laughs> <laughs> As MJ said, that would be, be the nightmare. It would be a huge weapon for uh, well, new, whoever gets him. But in this case, New England, absolutely scary stuff. Um, but yeah, that's next. It's me at number sixteen. It's the Arizona Cardinals. And ooh, let me think. I'm going to go Miami's second defensive end. I'm going to go Jalen Phillips. Um, an absolute monster. There's slight injury concerns, but other than that, he's um, he's got such great potential. Um, yeah, as I said, the second one for Miami, him and Rousseau would look like absolute beasts, and I think he'll he'll fit right in with the Cardinals, really help them out on defense. That is a curveball. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. Um, they definitely need help off the edge. Um, Phillips definitely has the upside. Now his problem is going to be injury. Um, he's didn't play he transferred over um from was it usc um and and didn't play didn't play a game because of injuries um you know he's only played this last season um because he's got healthy so there is going to be issues around his health and i believe that it might be some issues around his attitude as well so i think if you're going to buy into phillips which why not because he definitely has the upside you need to make sure that this guy is all in because he could well retire after a year because of injury if 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 this works out wrong but if it works out right, hell, that's a good pick. Yeah, he was somebody I had lined up for one of my later on picks. I had him lined up to play opposite Miles Garrett for the Browns as one of my picks later on. And I thought that with, with Garrett getting a lot of the attention, he would have a have a field day. Um, but yeah, so you've you've well gazumped me on that one. He's He's gone a little bit higher than I thought he might. And I, I think he's maybe one of these players who might be a day two pick um, unless someone uh, like Brian has done takes an absolute flyer on him. But if you if you get him right, get him playing well, he he could easily be a double digit sack player, um, if if things and the conditions are right for him. I just correct myself there. It was UCLA that uh, that he transferred from, not not USC. Good stuff, guys. We've got all our ducks lined up correctly there, and that's it. That's the end of our first half of the draft. What do we think, guys? Happy with the picks? Quarterbacks dropped more than I was expecting there. I thought, you know, I think we're all expecting them to, to go higher actually come draft day in terms of trades and things like that. But um, Fields and Lance going eight and nine. Um, 
they probably will go earlier, but they're really good fits for the for Carolina and Denver. I think that's the, the fact of not doing any trades. I think that they may still go to the same teams, but maybe just not at the same point. And, and Devonta Smith still still out there. He's, he's dropped down into the second half. How, how far will he go? Yeah, that, that, that really wouldn't surprise me. Because, you know, in, in the recent one, I mentioned that you look at what happened with the receivers last year, and I know you've written an, an article recently on it, MJ, that we, this time last year, uh, we saw Jerry Judy being knocked to, um, I think it was uh, Jacksonville, at either seven or eight, continuously he wasn't going to go outside the top 10 then all of a sudden what he's there for the Broncos uh, later on um, I think last year the receivers went between 13 and and, um, and when the Cowboys were picking was it 18 or 19 I, I really wouldn't be surprised if that happens again this year it, it wouldn't be a shock at all even though you're going to see receivers mock to Miami at three Philadelphia at six Giants at 11 you, you could go all the way down all these people are going to be interested in receivers but they're going to look at the depth of this class and go, hang on, I can get, you know, that's not spoiled the second podcast, but you might be able to get a Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, all these people, they may go end of the first, but some of these people are going to be available early in the second. So why not wait? Fantastic stuff. Well, that's the end of part one. Be sure to check out part two. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics discussed. And of course, any feedback you have. You can tweet us at 99yards. Thanks for listening.